Welcome to the From the Stem Up podcast. My name is Adriana, and here we spark youth connections in STEM fields. episode 15 of the From the Stem Up podcast, and today is also September 15th, which is pretty cool. Um, before we begin, I just wanted to mention the new website, which is fromthestemup.media, link in bio. You'll be able to find the all the listening links, the Discord link, and as well as the link to sign up if you're interested in being a guest on the podcast. So make sure to check it out. And with that being said, let's move on to the episode. So, hey, Luna, how are you doing today? I'm good, and I'm super excited to be on this podcast today. I'm so glad you were able to come. I know we had to reschedule a little bit, but I'm super glad that um, I got over some of the technical difficulties. And we're here today, and I'm so excited to talk about something that I participated in around two years ago and that you were involved in. Um, So you guys will get to know what that is later on. But do you want to introduce yourself a little bit? Okay, so hi, my name is Luna Yin. I'm from Langley, British Columbia in Canada. And this September, I'll be in ninth grade. My favorite subjects in school are like, of course, science and computers. I also really like English language arts. And I'm part of the school band, which I really love. My hobbies include reading books and writing poetry. And I've been playing piano for quite a few years now. And music is something that I really enjoy. Nice. Um, a fun fact about me is that I've actually published a book before. It's called A Little Goes a Long Way. It's kind of a sappy little story about some animals who go looking for their human friend and they learn some important lessons along the way. And it's published on Amazon and Kindle. So there's an ebook and there's a paperback that you can actually get. Oh my gosh, I will link those down below. Yeah. I'll make sure to, so it's called A Little Goes a Long Way, right? Yeah. All right. It's one of my greatest accomplishments, I guess. Yeah. How long did it take to write that book? Wow, like a year. It took a really long time. <laughs> Man. Okay. I will, I will definitely check it out. Mm-hmm. Um, so what's your kind of process for writing a book? Like, were you kind of into writing or like, what was your inspiration behind it? Yeah. So I was really into writing because I'm like <laughs> such an addictive reader so I like love reading like anything and everything and the thing is I've I've been writing like short stuff like I've been in a few like writing competitions and like poetry competitions not like major ones but like small ones my mom and a lot of my friends were like wow you're good at writing short stories I feel like you should write a book and the book that I wrote isn't really long so it's kind of like a short one I felt like yeah I really love writing I like need to get started in this so I was like you know what I'm just gonna write a book that's how I'm gonna get started (laughs) You know what? I think a lot of things, just like me making this podcast just out of the blue, I think, yeah, I think once you get that, just like, you know what? I'm just going to write a book and it happens. And then it's it's just so magical. Like after that, Mm -hmm. it just keeps going. Like, have you ever gotten writer's block before or like, yeah. Also, what's your process of like making characters? Like, I'm kind of curious. Yeah, always like the plan for the book was actually took a really long time because I'm always like, before I write anything, I have to make this super detailed plan about everything. So I like planned all the characters before and like every chapter and stuff so that I wouldn't, because a lot of times when I'm writing like short stories, stuff that happens is the plot gets mixed up and then I'm like halfway through writing. I'm like, what am I even writing? Yeah, like I really like underestimate the effort and time it takes to like make a book and to make it engaging and to make it. Mm you know you you wrote a good book when like you're reading it and like yeah you don't think about that someone wrote it like you're immersed in yeah 
the actual novel. But yeah, enough about books. Let's talk about STEM. Um, what does STEM mean to you? Well, STEM to me means like three really important things. So number one, it's creating things. So this is something that's really relevant to like technology and engineering where you're building new things every day. So it's about like creating inventions and doing experiments and creating theories and explanations. So that's the creation part of it, like the creative part. Number two, it's also about discovering things. So it's like asking questions and finding the answers to those questions. And that's extra relevant to like science and math where you're doing all these experiments and finding new facts and theories about the universe. And I think the third and most important part of STEM is solving problems. Because a lot of STEM is about discovering new, solu new solutions, like fixing current issues and predicting future problems. And in comes all the like researching questions. And that's like an important thing about like science, technology, engineering, and math, because they're all about like advancing us to the future, like making new mm -hmm. things, solving problems and discovering like all these different wonders of the world things like that and that's what stem really is to me it's like moving us forward into the future and solving like humanity's problems yeah exactly i i really like the way you describe it um whenever i ask people this question it's always a different answer but i yeah. i like how you kind of linked it with other fields as well and stem is really mm -hmm. interdisciplinary so i know okay. you are a little bit into programming and coding as a young female. So what are like the languages and platforms that you have gotten to know or started with? And what are your future goals as either a programmer or an innovator in any field? So like my coding story is kind of interesting because my dad is a software engineer. So when I was little, I was always like super curious about his work. But I never really got started with coding until I was in fourth grade because this is when Apple released Swift Playgrounds. So Swift Playgrounds is basically this app that teaches you like really simple coding, like all the commands are super easy, like move forward and turn right. And what you do is you use it. It's like kind of like a game app kind of thing. And it teaches you like really simple coding. So you use these easy commands to like move and direct this little character on the screen. And there's a bunch of these little puzzles that they solve and it involves like collecting gems and toggling switches. And then it gets harder as you go on. So then it teaches you about functions and for loops and while loops and conditionals, all the fun stuff. And what I did was when I was in fourth grade, I found this and I was like hooked on it. I loved it. So this is how I got into coding. And since then I've been learning about Python. So I have a few Raspberry Pis at home and I've been learning on coding, coding for those. And I'm also learning HTML, CSS, JavaScript, like those languages. I'm currently focusing on Swift, so like the actual official programming language, which is a lot harder than Playgrounds, so I'm kind of like disappointed that this app lied to me. But. And I'm hoping that next year when I go for the Technovation competition, I can actually write an app using Swift because I know that like the UI interfaces for Swift are like super pretty and smooth and the coding in software is supposed to be really interesting. Yeah, I really like the UI that Apple has. Um, yeah. And like, I know that Swift is also very intuitive in that sense. It helps mm -hmm. you create those kind of platforms. So yeah. yes, I definitely um, want to learn Swift. I'm also kind of was was getting into HTML, CSS, um, JavaScript. Yeah. I know that like HTML and CSS aren't really like actual programming languages with like the while loops and for loops, but they're very unique. Mm -hmm. And I think they're also worth learning as well because like making web pages yeah. is is really important and people like underestimate it but i think it's very yeah. very important um and then javascript will put that extra touch on it so mm -hmm. yeah 
I definitely recommend starting out with those two. And yeah, like whatever your journey, whether you start with Swift Playground, um, I think making sure that you put that intrinsic fun factor into programming because a lot of people think it's like super hard, but I think yeah, um, like it really humbles you a lot because like you learn how to <laughs> fail, you have to like debug so much, um, so many things. So mm -hmm. it's a lot different than a lot of different disciplines and it makes people discouraged much more quickly, which makes people not yeah. want to pursue it. But I think that if we learn that, like everyone makes mistakes so many times in programming, like we spend most of our time debugging. Um, yeah. So it really changes your mindset on how you learn and how you perceive different things. And I think that's really awesome about coding and programming, whatever language you choose to start with. So I know you are an emerging young female mm -hmm. in the programming and tech world. So what do you think is the best way that we can combat the gap of females in tech fields, especially at an early age? Well, I think it's all about exposing kids and students to coding and programming as early as possible. So like I said, my dad worked with programming and software, so I credit him with my early start. But something that really disappoints me is how less coding actually shows up in schools, like educational things. So coding and technology are like super important topics in my mind because so much of today's world is like technology, computers, phones, stuff like that. And I think school should definitely teach more about it because I'm pretty sure I would have started coding a lot earlier if I was actually introduced to like Scratch and other beginners coding programs a lot earlier in elementary school. And now I'm in like middle school, high school. So even now I'm kind of disappointed with how less technology related classes they have. People think they're like, quote, too old to like start learning it because like, oh, the genius kids start when they're younger, stuff like that. Like lots of people have said that I'm lucky because I started when I was in fourth grade. So it's like elementary school. I think that if schools can include more like coding in their curriculum and technology and programming related things, more students would be interested in it because a lot of people don't actually learn about it until they're pretty old. Man, like many other provinces, I think will follow suit or I don't really yeah. know exactly like their news, but they're starting to implement like finance and coding material yeah. in elementary schools, which I think we should have had um, Yeah, because a lot of people are getting exposed to coding like in in high school high let alone school, yeah. if they have a programming class right mm -hmm. um so i think that's really great that they're implementing it i think we just kind of caught that period where we need it as as gen z but i don't think yeah. many people had that opportunity um mm -hmm. in like elementary and middle school um, but i'm glad a lot of people in high school are, are starting to pick it up yeah. because what i'm seeing is that um in the past people asked you oh do you know what microsoft like like how to use Microsoft, Microsoft. Word if you are like um, applying to jobs. But now it's like, do you know Python? Like it's it's just mm -hmm. like a pre-construct, I think. Yeah. In, so, but also I think that um, like, I know like the programming classes in my school, it maybe had one or two girls in the class. Yeah. Um, and they weren't introduced to that kind of thing at an early age. And I think we're going to, um, so I think setting up maybe programming yeah. as, as something that everyone can do, boys and girls, will really help. This actually is something that really worries me is like the stereotype that computer science is a male field or something. Because, okay, a story that I, kind of, I have that's relevant to this is a few months ago, like we're doing course planning for school. So this is back when like schools were open. 
And one of my female friends was telling me how she wanted to take the computers nine elective at her school, like the next year, but she was really scared that the class would end up being all boys. So she wouldn't have even considered signing up if she didn't know I was signing up for it. Mm -hmm. And that honestly just shows me like how bad this mindset is because there, I know a lot of girls who actually wanted to do coding, but they're scared to do it because they think like, oh, this isn't for girls. It's like all guys here. Exactly. I was in a programming class. I had my friend there and then the rest was all boys. And if my friend didn't be in that class with me, I wouldn't have applied to that class at all. I know a lot of people in grade 10 that maybe were considering applying to the grade 11 programming class didn't want to because they felt like it was just like full of nerdy boys. And (laughs) (laughs) programming is a new and fairly technical subject for everyone. But it's just like females tend to drop out or not pursue it because the environment, as you said, is not yeah. really the most welcoming for females. And mm-hmm. we're going to talk about how we can solve that later on. But before we jump into the break, I just wanted to ask you a little bit more about what your future career goals look like. Future career goals. Wow. I'm kind of like a dreamer, want to do a lot of things kind of person. So I have like so many like when I grow up, I'm going to be this huge list. I'm actually really hoping to get into software engineering or computer science because I know that with, like, if you get a degree in that or you go into that field, you can actually do a lot. So there's, like, all these great big companies like SpaceX and, like, Apple and stuff where you can actually, like, do a lot for the future. And something that really excites me is making a change in the world. So I'm hoping that if I go into computer science, I can actually do that. Another career, like, profession that's been interesting me is... I recently like I attended a lot of I attended a lot of workshops run by university professors and I'm starting thinking that that job is actually also really interesting because it's like you get to teach about what you're passionate about and you can also do research about it on the side. I was thinking that's an interesting job too. Okay, yes, and that definitely aligns with what you're doing mm-hmm. now. I definitely agree that um, tech companies are really really cool and they keep releasing some major technologies like you see those interns at google like with oh yeah all those cool i don't know slides in the in the building and like free Mm -hmm. food and all those things that culture i think is uh, something that really inspires a lot of people to pursue programming because i think it puts like a little bit of a fun factor to it Um, yeah but yeah i definitely see you um, either in a tech field or using tech because yours is just so gratefully involved with it. And after mm-hmm. the break, we're going to finally talk about the organization we, we both think you should join. And I'll see you guys after the break. <laughs> Guess what? From the Stem Up now has a new website, which is fromthestemup.media. There you can find all the sign-up links. You can find a link to the Discord server where you'll be able to meet all the listeners and opportunities in STEM and advice in STEM will also be there as well. And obviously all the links to listen to the podcast. So make sure to check it out. All right. I hope you guys enjoyed that break. For this next segment, we're going to change it up and talk about Technovation, an organization I personally have been part of and is one of my favorite tech experiences thus far. So how did you, Luna, get involved with Technovation? And can you give us like a brief rundown of the competition and your experiences in it? Yeah, so Technovation is a coding competition where girls around the world form teams and write apps that solve big problems like homelessness and poverty and pollution, stuff like that. 
So I've actually heard about like a lot of other coding competitions, but Technovation was actually the first coding competition I'd ever entered because it was all female. Like, honestly, this is how terrified I was of going to a coding contest and it would be all guys. So what me and me and my sister formed a team for Technovation and my sister's in sixth grade. She's two years younger than me, but she's also super interested in coding. So together we created an app using Sunkable and it's called Wishry. It was designed as an online platform that helps users trade, borrow, sell, and buy books from other people. So the app's aim was to help make books and educational resources available and accessible to everyone because I'm a firm believer in education. So I think that everyone should be able to access educational materials and books, mm -hmm. especially with how ridiculously expensive textbooks are becoming, oh especially the college ones. Yeah. yeah, and I know there's a lot of families who are struggling to afford school supplies and like learning materials for their children. And I want this app to like help them with it. I said before, like reading is one of my life's greatest joys. Like I love books. And they bring me so much happiness. I really want to give other kids the chance to enjoy stories and books because I know that there's kids who can't afford books or things like that. And I think they all deserve to have a little bit of joy. I know there's also a huge amount of paper waste coming from books being thrown away every year because that's a lot of paper. And especially how much pollution and effort goes into making that paper. It sucks that it just gets tossed. So I'm hoping that my app can help cut down on that pollution by making used books available to people who can't afford brand new ones. That's amazing. And how did Technovation help you like with your business plan and pitch and things like that? Yeah, so Technovation has a lot of pretty interesting tutorials and tips on like doing pitches and plans and stuff. The pitch was really interesting because our pitch, I'm pretty proud of the pitch that I did for this app because I got really high scores from the judges for it. And I think it's because, yeah, we got a lot of points on like, oh, this is such a creative pitch. So what me and my sister did is we kind of did, my sister loves art. So she's been learning a little bit about like basic animation. So we like, she did some art and we basically did like a little bit of stop motion animation on the pitch. And this is interesting because the whole point of like, the whole idea of her doing a little animation for it is the, is the fact that I really didn't want to show my face in the pitch because <laughs> that always makes me nervous like I don't like watching videos of myself so what she did was um she would kind of like gifs really and they'd be you know, people reading and like books and stuff like that and then when we were we would like narrate the pitch really and then it would the video would just play these little like animations and the judges really liked that they thought it was really creative and I was really excited because I didn't have to show my face in the video Woohoo! that's that's amazing yeah so basically you come into Technovation you may have mm -hmm. a team or not and then yeah. you're like grouped with a team and like a mentor. And then mm -hmm. what you do is you learn, I think before it was with MIT App Inventor, but now it's Thunkable. Yeah. But like whatever you use or are comfortable with, you can mm -hmm. use to make the app. And yeah. then like you go to many workshops to different places, yeah. or um, I think it's maybe like monthly or weekly, depending on mm -hmm. the, the place that you are in. And yeah. this is amazing because it's international. Like a lot of things I mentioned yeah. on this podcast, maybe only in North America, but this mm -hmm. one is international. So. Yeah, it's like all around the world. Like yeah. this kind of sad thing is that usually like, I know that this year because of the coronavirus, like nobody, usually like the final winners, they'll go to Silicon Valley. I didn't get into the finals, but our app did get picked out of one of the teams that got picked out of Canada. So I was really proud of that. I didn't make it to the finals, but like, that's okay. It was something that makes me kind of like, oh man, is that there's a lot of great teams who actually won this year, but they won't get to go to the Silicon Valley and have all the celebrations because 
yeah. of the COVID-19. It's a little different for every country, but once you're a semifinalist, I think only five go to um, internationals, which yeah. is internationals, as you said, in um, San Francisco or around that area. Yeah. And you get to visit like Google and things like that. Mm-hmm. Me, me as well. I, I only made it to semifinalists mm-hmm. round. Um, but it's, think about it, it's the whole world and there's like thousands of projects. So yeah, there's a lot. Um, there's literally so many good projects that mm-hmm. I don't really know how the judges really judge it, but like I've had a judge from like Brazil and one yeah. from, I think it was, I don't remember the other one, but from around the world and you get so much mm-hmm. feedback and perspective yeah. and you meet so many cool, um, inspired, motivated, like-minded girls around you. Yeah. That, I think that what like like whatever place you get, Technovation really gives you a great mm-hmm. head start. Whether you're in middle school or high school, high school, yeah. Uh, do you have anything more to add about Technovation? Well, um, I just like have to say that it's Technovation was such a like a fun educational experience, and I'd like super encourage every girl interested in coding to give it a try. Like I love how it encourages girls to code and to solve like important global problems at the same time because the apps are supposed to solve like big issues and stuff like that. And seeing all these like great apps for solving things like oh like safety issues and then like pollution and poverty stuff really inspires me. Exactly. And you get to learn business acumen. So you make like a business yeah. plan, a pitch, a marketing plan, you mm-hmm. look at finances, things like that. And you have a mentor to help you all along the way. Yeah. So it's amazing. And you leave with such a great app and mm-hmm. um, idea that can even change the world. Yeah. Um, even if you don't pursue with your app, like you'll gain some sort of experience. And I think um, I will also try to link some other organizations down below. Um, but if you don't have a Technovation workshop or like meeting place in your region, I think it's just mm-hmm. going to be virtual maybe even this yeah. year again. But mm-hmm. you can definitely go email the Technovation um, International um, on the website, which I'll have linked down below, and you can request yeah. that. Yeah. What advice would you give our listeners who want to get involved with coding but don't know where to start? Okay, so this is like pretty important. It's always start small. I know a lot of people get bored in the beginning when they're starting coding because they can't do anything interesting or big. Because the thing with with coding is like you can't really do like make an app or anything like super complicated like that until you've learned it for like quite some time. So what people have to do is they have to start by learning something basic and building up to harder coding. Like something I really recommend is Swift Playgrounds, which I started with because it's like easy, fun, and it introduces you to coding. And there's also a lot a lot of other beginning coding apps. Like I know about a lot of people feel bad because like they think Scratch and Tinker are for kids, but I feel like it's actually really helpful with like getting started with coding if you've never done it before. And actually something that interests me is also if you're super motivated and like love a challenge, there's like Thunkable and App Inventor. I don't think you actually need that much prior coding knowledge. Like Mm -hmm. I self-taught myself Thunkable for writing my Technovation app and I don't think it was that complicated. It's actually really interesting. I like that they kind of separate the design and the coding parts. So you don't like have to learn like all the like app design parts for coding. You just code it and then the the designing the app, like the interface and stuff, it's kind of like separate. I know that lots of people are super nervous about like self-learning. Like they don't know if they can start by themselves. They want like some guidance or teachers. I know there's a lot of beginners coding boot camps. So two camps that people really recommend a lot to me 
are these are ones for girls so it's code with classy and girls who code like those are supposed to be really good ones and there's a lot of other coding summer camps like for all genders and they can teach you a lot about programming and computer science in just like few short weeks definitely i will link those down below as well there's also free code camp literally if you search up um yeah youtube or coursera or edx mm -hmm. um those are really good as well um i know that cs fix i'm sorry cs 50 from Harvard, which is an online course, starts with Scratch, and then you work yeah. your way up to things like um, web development or Java or things like mm -hmm. that. And I think that's a really good comprehensive review of even like the history of coding, which really helps you understand the fundamentals. Yeah. And then you'll be able to apply those things to make projects, but mm -hmm. don't get too caught up with like many of the technical things. I think you really learn yeah. by doing projects. So. Yeah, you can maybe pass a course, but if you don't actually apply that to a project, it really yeah, solidifies sure. your brain. And you really can't learn and memorize every single coding concept technique. I think a lot of times we spend half the time Googling a lot of things and then oh, yeah. applying it to, to the actual project. So another thing you can do is attend hackathons. There's a lot oh, of yeah. virtual hackathons. Have you ever participated in a hackathon? I actually haven't, but I've heard a lot about them. I think there's one coming up pretty soon. I feel like I might do one in the future because they sound really interesting. Yeah, almost every hackathon is beginner friendly. There's mm -hmm. workshops and tutorials to help you learn different aspects. There's a lot of mentors. There's a bunch of virtual hackathons right now. So if you go on yeah, devpost.com, I'll also link that down below. You can make an account and then you can browse hackathons um, mm -hmm. and then you can form a team on DevPost, and they'll usually have like a Discord or a Slack to communicate with yeah. the mentors on, and then many workshops. And then you don't have to make something extravagant because you only have, <laughs> I think, 24 to 48 hours to make it. So nobody really makes anything super, super, fancy. super fancy at all. Um, but you make like a pitch for it, um, depending on the hackathon, and then you can link your GitHub to it or whatever platform you use to yeah. make it. And then judges judge it and you can even win prizes which is awesome oh. so yeah i definitely recommend um getting started with the basics but then after mm -hmm. really making sure you get some of those projects in and applying it because i think those really solidify a lot of the concepts and you get to make something cool mm -hmm. but make sure as luna said start with the basics and it's if you approach it with like the mindset that you're gonna make like a super high-tech um yeah. algorithm in two days you won't I mean, I haven't, and mm -hmm. I think that you'll be able to get there if you put just a little bit of time every day or every week. Yeah. And yeah. So I know you're very motivated and always um, looking for new ways to expand your tech knowledge, but who is your biggest inspiration behind this? Wow. So this is kind of like a broad topic for me. Um, I'm inspired every day by all the girls who are working so hard to expand STEM fields to all genders, like all the international teams that are joining the Technovation Challenge and winning, and all the talented female teams that are running coding camps and experiences like the Code with Classy and Girls Who Code. And something that really inspires me a lot is all this, the, like, the sheer amount of student-led STEM nonprofits that are working to empower students and spark their interest in technology. In fact, I actually learned about this podcast from an organization called Girl Genius. And it's like a female-led nonprofit that gives all kinds of opportunities to girls interested in STEM. And the community is absolutely incredible. And ever yes. since I joined it, like my life has basically oh changed. I am part of the Girl Genius Slack. 
as well. Yeah. So my thanks is like to all the talented, ambitious people out there who are working so hard to empower and encourage kids and students to pursue their interests in STEM. Like I wouldn't be here without all of you. And you know what? That actually includes you, Adriana, because your podcast is doing awesome work promoting STEM interest in youth. Oh man, thank you. And I wouldn't be here without people like Technovation, yeah. people from Girl Genius. So I think it actually works. Like many people think, oh yeah, there's so many organizations, but it's I not going to do anything. Yeah, but I think it's just a cascading effect. Like when you get helped, then you get inspired to do something with <laughs> STEM and with tech, and then you work to inspire others. Yeah, and I feel like um, you and me are both very passionate about making sure that mm -hmm. um, minorities in STEM are getting the right education. And yeah. I think there's there's many things to be improved on in terms of like um, inclusivity in STEM, making sure that everyone mm -hmm. has the right resources. Because here in Canada or in North America or wherever you are, if you're in a yeah. developed country, you have access to things like computers. Yeah, we're lucky. You have technologies. A lot of events happen in North America. Um, mm -hmm. So we need to be aware that there's a lot of people out there who have potential but don't have the resources. So yeah. Um, it's really great that we're internally solving some of the minorities here, but there's mm -hmm. also minorities elsewhere. Um, yeah. We think about gender in, in STEM, but we also don't really think about race in STEM as well. Yeah. Um, so, and, and there's many other organizations. I know there's things like Black Girls Who Code or LGBTQ in STEM. Mm -hmm. Those organizations also drive to, I think, change the environment we have in STEM because yeah. everyone has, I know there's so many different races and genders in STEM, but it's just the environment mm -hmm. that really sets them off and doesn't make them encouraged and inspired to pursue that kind of thing. Yeah. So as long as we um, mention these organizations and expose them in platforms like Girl Genius or yeah. in this podcast, I think that we're just inching our way to making sure that everyone has everyone. the opportunity because STEM is the superpower to change the biggest things. Like mm -hmm. that's really empowering. And I think small things like this can really go a long way. Yeah, that's true. What do you think we should do to aid underprivileged or minority groups in STEM? Like you said, it's a lot about the environment because STEM is such like a straight white guy field. We need to have, it'd be great if we had so much more diverse people, in, like a more diverse group working in it. Mm -hmm. And I think what we need to do is basically what we're doing on this podcast, like um, encouraging and empowering other people, helping like nonprofits and organizations who are currently supporting those things. Because there actually are a lot of organizations out there who are trying to make a change. And if we help them out with it, then we might actually be able to do something. Exactly. And you and me and anyone who's listened to this podcast, um, mm -hmm. we should just continue to making sure that environment is there. If you have a programming class in your school, for example, is all yeah. guys change that mindset. Maybe in your coding club, like start a coding club in your school yeah. um, that that is very inclusive and make sure that everyone is welcome there. And you're just helping like not only your community, but your, your country and your, and, and the mm -hmm. whole world. So you are making an impact. And, and I know it sounds a little cheesy what we're saying. I know but yeah. it's the truth. Like I think mm -hmm. over the past, I think 10 years, things have really improved. If we look at 2010 yeah. versus 2020, mm -hmm. a lot, a lot of things have improved. And I think that even in 2030, it's going to be yeah. a lot better. Even technology is going to be um, super cool. Like I'm really excited for, what might come like virtual reality mm -hmm. games maybe virtual oh, yeah. reality xbox you know mm. so it's just amazing and know that you are included in stem
what are some other kind of projects that you're working on? Yeah, so my friends and I recently started an organization called Power and Youth. And what our organization aims to do is to encourage and help youth make a positive change in their communities by giving students opportunities to actively support racial equality and LGBTQ plus rights and women's rights. Because like what we were talking about was like organized, so many organizations are trying to support these people and getting a more diverse group inside the STEM field. And what the Power and Youth organization wants to do is give young people the opportunity to do that. So that's an organization, like a project that I'm working on. Yeah, that's amazing. And it totally links back to what we were just saying. Mm -hmm. Power and youth and mm -hmm. encourage youth and give them the, um, the opportunity to step up and help racial inequities, racial yeah. and gender inequities in these fields. And that's amazing. So tell me a little bit more about Power and Youth. Like, what are your future plans with this organization? Right now, we, um, we have about like 26 members, so it's not such a huge team, but we're hoping to get a lot more team members so we can start doing online things. Maybe we, we were hoping to run maybe streams later on when we had more like a bigger audience or a bigger team and maybe fundraisers and stuff like that so we can donate to charities that are actually like the Black Lives Matter ones and ones that are actually funding the causes. We were hoping also to like maybe when we have a bigger audience we want to get like a larger team. That's basically our aim right now but future goals is kind of like we want to run like workshops to teach youth and like students about exactly how the racial inequalities and homophobia and sexism is like apparent in our world and how we can help to like prevent it. Yes. And I'll have Power and Youth's Instagram link down below. Mm -hmm. So if you're ever recruiting or if you yeah. um, want to know a little bit more information about Power and Youth listeners, I definitely um, recommend following that. And if you're, if you're kind of inspired and passionate about what we were talking about earlier, make sure to follow Code with Classy, Girls Who Code, um, yeah. Girl Genius, those organizations I'll have all linked down below. And finally, our kind of highlight is Technovation because it's worldwide <laughs> and it's available for all females and non-binary individuals. Mm -hmm. And also make sure to check out the Power in Youth Slack. Um, they have a Slack as well. And thank you so much, Luna, for, for sharing your opinion on these kind of minorities and inequities in STEM. And yeah, I'll see you guys next week. And remember to always ask questions and to stay curious. See you next time.